In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. A month or so ago, I was at a gathering and uh, met a lovely woman who was a churchgoer, and so she wanted to talk to me and learn about my church. And it turns out she goes to a Baptist church in New Jersey. And she asked if I could help her with a problem. And I said, well, that, that depends. What's the problem? And, and she said, well, some of us want to have a party for the children around Halloween, but we can't call it Halloween because we have some members who really have a problem with kids dressing up as uh, evil spirits and, and devils. Uh, we have folks in our Baptist church who don't think that's funny at all. And, um, and so we want to do something else. And someone heard of an All Saints party where maybe the children could dress up as their favorite saint. And she said, the problem is, where do I go to look for a list of saints? I hesitated because it's a complicated question with an even more complicated answer. I mean, should I take the easy road and show her to the website for the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops where they could find the, the official Roman Catholic listing of saints? Even that, it's for the United States. They vary a little bit if you're in South America or parts of Europe. Or should I send her to the Book of Common Prayer to show her the calendar in the front where saints are listed, some in bold and some in regular script? Or should I mention that we have another version of saints and holy people called Lesser Feasts and Fasts, and then that has been replaced by the latest copy and revision called Holy Women, Holy Men? Or does she just want the biblical saints, the famous ones over all time? Well, I ended up suggesting that maybe she go to Barnes & Noble and find a book of saints that has a lot of pictures, show the pictures to the kids, have them pick something they relate to, and then learn about the life of that saint. Maybe do that to start with. But she had asked a great question that has a whole lot of different answers. Our own church, the Episcopal Church in this country and some other countries, a part of the Church of England, the Anglican Communion, our own tradition is mixed regarding saints. We happily name churches after saints, St. Mary's, St. Botoff's, who knows about St. Botoff, uh, St. James, even All Saints Church. But can many of us really articulate who and what a saint is? Do we put saints in stained glass windows or do we leave them alone? <laughs> do we think of them as lucky charms or if our name is the same as a saint, do we do special things on that day? Do we pray to them for favors? How are we to regard the saints? The idea of communicating with the saints, of perhaps even visiting with the saints, our beloved dead who are saints, especially those familiar ones who have died and gone to another place. Christians believe heaven. That idea of communicating with the saints has, has become even more popular in the last few years, I think, in a new way. Ever since the 2017 um, Disney movie Coco, 
the idea of the Mexican Day of the Dead celebration has taken off not only in a few states in Mexico, but most of Mexico, and it's trickling into the United States in a whole lot of different places. That tradition of observing the Dia de Muertos, the Day of the Dead, um, often involves creating a kind of home altar with photographs of ancestors that are there and some of their favorite things and marigold flowers to welcome the dead, to help guide the souls of the ancestors. And while the Dia de Muertos and the Day of the Dead emphasize the close communion of saints around the 2nd of November especially, our Christian hope in eternal life assures us that we don't need just one day in particular to pray with or alongside our beloved dead. It's not just around all saints and all souls. It's every day. It's every night. It's whenever we go to God in prayer. We're surrounded by a whole company of faithful witnesses. We can look to the New Testament for help in terms of how to think of a saint. Help, and in some ways it confuses it worse. Because in the New Testament, often every faithful person is called a saint. The living and the dead. I think I've mentioned before in seminary, I had a preaching professor who would address us, uh, sort of reminding us of the tradition. And, and Professor Kay would say, now saints, don't forget your homework for next Tuesday. It was his way of reminding us of our calling, that we're all of us called to grow into sainthood. In Paul's letter to the Romans, he addresses his congregation to all God's beloved in Rome who are called to be saints. In helping the Corinthian church sort out its squabbles, Paul suggests that the aggrieved parties stay out of the secular courts, but instead go, what he says, before the saints. Go before the saints, the local gathering of Christians. In Revelation, John shows us various pictures of the saints, saints in light, ordinary believers, some who have died for their faith, others who have died natural causes. But ordinary believers, all made extraordinary by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, in whose way we follow. One thing for sure is that saints are are marked people, They're marked by God with the word sanctus or holy. Some teach and lead and move us closer to God. Some antagonize and agitate all for the glory of God. Some offer mercy, justice, and quiet acts of compassion. And some, some we might have the privilege of even getting to know, do exude a kind of holiness They live transparent lives in which one can see and feel and know the love of Christ. Saints are marked people, but if you you think of our baptismal rite, the prayers we say at our baptism and at every baptism, we all of us are marked. We're sealed by the Holy Spirit at baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. We carry that mark of holiness, and while the best of us might reveal a little bit of the, a little bit more of the holy here and there, for the most part, sanctus, holy, is a name and a way that we're growing into. 
In Revelation, John shares a vision of what heaven must look like when people have fully grown into their holiness, their sainthood. He writes a great multitude which no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, then crying with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits upon the throne and to the Lamb. That's the vision that each of us lives towards. Revelation shows us a future, but it also helps us understand the past. Those everyday saints who struggled to be faithful in this world, who prayed to God and prayed for each other, have been raised to new life in heaven. They do there what they did in this life. They pray, they show forth God's love, they sing God's praises. They pray for one another and they still pray for us. I know that when various of my ancestors were alive, they prayed for me. They told me that, and sometimes I heard them doing it. I know that my Sunday school teachers and ministers and priests along the way prayed for me. I often feel the prayers of a particular former senior warden. All of these folks have died and joined God in their fullness and God's fullness But my faith tells me that even though they now live in new life, they're still praying for me. Just as all those faithful who have prayed for you in this life continue to pray for you in the next. They are with God and they are changed, but they're still praying for us all. Like love itself. As Paul says, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Prayer also never ends. And so the saints, the great ones, the ordinary ones, and those who are still improving, they all still pray for us. That the saints surround us and help us and pray for us gives us what we need to live into those blessings that we hear Jesus talk about in today's gospel. The Sermon on the Mount sounds impossible until we remember we've got backup. We have holy help. We have help in those who've gone before us who wrestled with those same issues and words of Jesus. Some might have failed miserably in those qualities Jesus talks about, but others have struggled and prayed and gradually gotten better. And a few became so closely identified with those blessings that they themselves became blessings in the lives of others. The saints remind us to stay on track and they show us the way. As that hymn we just sang reminds us, they lived not only in ages past, there are hundreds of thousands still. The world is bright with the joyous saints who love to do Jesus well. We can meet them in school or in lanes or at sea, in church or in trains or in shops or at tea. For the saints of God are just folks like me, and I mean to be one too. May the saints inspire us. When we're tired, may they strengthen us. When we're lazy, may they shame us. When we're alone, may they surround us. And may they always and everywhere fill us with increasing love 
until the day that we join with them before God in everlasting praise. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. 